Welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My mission is to help engineers like you develop your soft skills, which are all the skills you weren't taught in engineering school. You will learn how to develop your confidence, increase your productivity, become a better problem solver, and improve your social skills in order to design a career and life that you love. Hey there, welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. This is your host, Dylan. And I'm excited on this episode to be speaking with you about the fundamentals. So what do I mean about when I say the fundamentals? Well, I've been getting into this, um, if you've heard of the website Optimize, optimize optimize.me. I've been diving into this program that they have that teaches you how to become a coach. And I've been learning a ton. It talks a lot about how to master yourself. And there's just a, a vast wealth of information on that site. Brian Johnson, who leads that, has gone through over 500 books and done a fantastic job of summarizing them and then taking and picking apart the best principles that you can gather from those books and developing master classes. So he'll have a class on, for instance, productivity and the, the best 10 ideas in the world about productivity and how to be more productive. And then he'll do one on optimal sleeping, optimal diet and nutrition, optimal mindset or confidence or whatever the case may be. And I just love this sort of stuff. So I've been really diving into that program and getting a lot out of it and developing in my abilities to coach people. I have a few clients right now and I I love being able to help them and learn more and more tools and develop my competency in terms of my ability to work with somebody and, and coach them. So I want to talk a bit about one of Brian's on on his site, Optimize, one of Brian's biggest focuses, which is the fundamentals. Now, when it comes to becoming a better engineer, we often think that we need to become smarter and learn more technical information in order to improve. And while there's some truth to this, there is much more to the picture. There is much more than just learning more technical information or putting in more hours at your job. We can reshape the way that we show up at work, and the fundamentals are the biggest way to do that. So one way that we can enhance our abilities as an engineer is to enhance our energy, and that is like a force multiplier. So if I come into my job and I didn't sleep well last night and I'm low energy and maybe I'm at a 3 out of 10 in energy... You know, even if I, even if rather than working eight hours, I decide I'm going to push it to nine or ten, well, there's only so much that you're going to be able to do at that point. You only have so much capacity. And when you start to run into a difficult problem, you're just not going to have the capacity to solve it that you would if your energy were at a nine out of ten, or an eight or out of ten, even, or a ten out of ten, especially. So, Imagine if you had the capacity of a Ferrari, but only got the performance of a Camry. No offense to Camrys, but that's just not very efficient. You're not getting all of what you could be getting out of this Ferrari performance vehicle. You're getting, you know, maybe 30% of that capacity. So this podcast is about how we can get better results by increasing that efficiency by being able to tap into our Ferrari-like capacity that we have. We have it inside of us, 
but we aren't necessarily utilizing it because we haven't mastered the fundamentals. Now, it might sound obvious, but you know that when you have more energy, you are more productive, more focused, more positive, and happier. And you know that when you have less energy, you are less focused, more impulsive, more irritable, and less happy. So doesn't it make sense to spend some time and effort and research about how to optimize your energy? In my opinion, of course it does. It's so obvious, but many of us don't focus on it. We think, especially when it comes to just engineering and our job and our career success, the focus should just be on learning more things like, I don't know, stress analysis or torque or if-then statements, Boolean variables, whatever. <laughs> we think we think it's mastering technical information, and of course that is important. I'm not discounting that. But spending some time just working on ourselves and developing the capacity to be able to, to put in more focused time and effort, that is going to allow you to learn those technical things even better and have more mastery over them, and everything gets better when you work on your your energy. So what are the things that have the most significant impact on your energy? And this might, again, be fairly obvious, but we're going to really dive into them because it's one thing to know what the things are just intellectually. And it's another thing to be practicing them. It's another thing to be consistently doing the actions that we know we ought to be doing. It doesn't do us any good to know everything about nutrition if we're eating a standard American diet and we're filling ourselves up with Big Macs and ice cream and whatever else. So the most significant things that impact your energy are eating, moving, and sleeping. That's the simplest way I could put it. By making minor changes to these habits, you can create huge shifts in your energy. Applying a lot of small habit changes over time has this compounding effect where becoming just 1% every day at a particular habit or at a particular um, fundamental, improving just 1% every day for a year makes you 37 times better than you were to begin with. Now, it's unlikely that we're going to see those sorts of results I mean, maybe you will, maybe you won't, I don't know. But the graph might look a little bit more like a bunch of days up than a little bit of a, a dip and then improving some more. It may not be exponential in the way that that graph shows, but that, that's the concept, right? If we can continually improve and improve and improve and focus on these things, work on these things, we are going to get much, much better. And it, it does have a compounding effect over time. So, eating, moving, sleeping, which is the most important? Now, this is a topic where, you know, we could, be, we could debate all day. It's a very debatable topic. But in my view and in the view of Brian, who runs Optimize, it is sleeping. If you get better sleep, you're more energetic throughout the day. This will allow you to improve your moving and eating habits, among many other things. So, it has this force multiplier effect where... All of the other aspects of what you're going to be doing throughout the day are improved and, and brought up by your sleep. Getting proper sleep has a plethora of benefits, and it's not difficult to change, but it has massive impacts. And when I say it's not difficult, that doesn't necessarily mean you might not be, you might have to sacrifice a bit of time. In other words, you might have to move some of the time that you were spending on other things 
and say, this time is going to be dedicated to sleep now. I want to really commit to mastering my fundamentals, to mastering my energy, and and to up-leveling it. And so sleep has become more of a priority, and I'm going to dedicate more time to it. In sleeping more, you'll see improved cognitive performance, improved memory, more energy. You will feel better. You'll be more productive, all by just improving your sleep. So what is not to like? There are a variety of details that I could dive into on how to optimize your sleep, Um, but for the purpose of this podcast, I don't necessarily have the time to dive into all of that. But the two main things that I will say that I've done that have had a huge impact on my sleep and that science backs up are that you want to get more time in bed, so a higher quantity of sleep, and you want to really limit your exposure to light and digital devices in the time before falling asleep. So quantity and quality. Seriously, I know this is something people harp on, you know, limiting the digital devices, limiting the screen time and light exposure before bed. And it can sound like, oh, it won't make that big of a deal. It makes a really large impact. We are not evolutionary evolved, evolutionarily evolved to be looking at bright screens right before we we go to bed. Ideally, we want to be relaxed and we want to be the way our ancient ancestors were, we want to be in a, essentially what mimics like a cool, dark cave. <laughs> so we want to be in an area that is, um, that is very dark. It's very cool. We want to be comfortable in our beds. We want to have some time where we relax and wind down before bed. We don't want to be ramping ourselves up with food or alcohol or other substances or especially digital devices like I talked about. If you can, even just being in a dimly lit room will have a huge impact. So finding these ways to get more relaxed and to mimic the way that our ancient ancestors experienced the time before bed, that will have a huge, huge impact. Next, let's talk about eating. So I believe that this is the second most important aspect of optimizing your energy. And that is especially the case if you find, and this is not a judgment in any way, but if you're a bit overweight. Because we, I love the phrase that we lose ounces in the gym and we lose pounds in the kitchen. Eating in your diet has a huge, huge impact on your weight, much more so than working out. And I'm a big fan of working out. But you can think of it this way, burning a thousand calories and I don't know the exact numbers here, but off the top of my head, that would take, I believe, over an hour of running. At the same time, you can eat a 1,000-calorie meal in the form of one little pint of ice cream. And if you're anything like me, a pint of ice cream goes down easy. And if it's something we're constantly eating, something that we're constantly consuming, the amount of effort that you have to do in working out to burn off something that goes down so quickly is ridiculous. So putting the focus on what you eat and eliminating the bad stuff is going to be huge. So if you're eating a diet that's filled with fast food, sugar, and tons of processed food, you're going to feel lower energy over time, and you will likely gain weight and find it harder to be physically active. One great way to start optimizing your diet is to start paying serious attention to how you feel after meals. So this is a bit more intuitive in terms of eating, but I think it's very valuable. Do you feel light and energetic? 
after your meal or does your meal make you want to take a nap? Do you feel really weighed down after your meal or do you feel like I could just <laughs> right after my meal, you know, five minutes later, I could go for a nice long run. That, that would be totally within my realm of possibilities. And we all know there are tons of diets out there. You could follow the Atkins diet, a vegetarian or vegan diet, paleo, keto, or a ton of other options. And these would all have healthy aspects and let you hit certain goals. It's also useful to note that you don't need to follow a conventional diet that has a name to it. You don't need to follow one of the diets I just mentioned. But I believe that having some rules or guidelines that you follow when it comes to nutrition can be super helpful. I love the idea of setting bright lines in, in these, these guidelines that you set for yourself. Sometimes we can say, oh, I just want to eat healthy. And I love the intention, but there are, no, there are no specific yes or no, did I do it or did I not lines that are written when I say I just want to be healthy. What is the definition of healthy? It's not very clear at all. But if you're more specific and you say, okay, for the next 30 days, all I can eat are foods on this acceptable list of foods, right? I can eat vegetables, I can eat fruits, I can eat beans and legumes, I can eat meat and proteins, and anything else is excluded. That's just as an example. I'm sure you know there are a variety of different ways to do it. But having those bright lines, I believe, is super helpful. So I'm not going to tell you exactly what you should do when it comes to your diet because I believe that is a personal choice that you want to choose in order to fit your values and your goals. You know, if you're super into, if, if you're a big believer that harming animals in any way is bad, veganism totally makes sense for you or vegetarianism, whatever you want to do. If you're somebody who says, I just care about performance and I want to try this thing where I intake zero carbs, well, maybe keto is the way to go. That's going to be up to you, and it's going to be a personal process of figuring out what most fits your values and goals. I will say that some general fundamentals, some things that I believe are just universal and that anyone and everyone can and should do to improve their diets would be limit your sugar intake and eat more vegetables and limit the processed carbohydrates that you eat. And this will have a huge effect on your energy and your waistline. When we talked about sleep and how it, it's important to copy certain things that our ancient ancestors did because that's what we're evolved to do, in diet, I believe that rule comes into play as well. Sugar existed in, in tiny little quantities. You know, you might take some in, in fruit, but the amount that is just in front of your face <laughs> as you walk through a grocery store is ridiculous. The amount of sugar intake that the average American is intaking nowadays is something like 100x what our ancient ancestors would take in. And that, I believe, is why we're seeing such a significant uptick in obesity and health problems despite having 21st century you know, medical miracles going on nowadays. So the diet that I am personally following right now and, you know, I, I would recommend trying it yourself if, if you find that this would be a, one that you would like to give a shot. is called the slow-carb diet. 
and it's from a book called The 4-Hour Body by Tim Ferriss, who, who I'm a huge fan of. Tim Ferriss is awesome. So it's very restrictive and low-carb for six days of the week. And the, the part that I love of it is, so that's six days a week. On the seventh day, you just get to indulge in a cheat day. You get to eat anything and everything that you want. And I find this is great because it is healthy. People have gotten great results. There are lots of demonstrable case studies that you can look into of people who have gotten great results. And at the same time, it's really easy to stick with because you don't have to say goodbye forever to the foods that you have these intense cravings for. I find that that is, for me, it can be unsustainable. But if you find that you know quitting these foods cold turkey for a long period of time is something that you can do, more power to you. Finally, let's talk moving. So we talked sleeping, then we talked eating, and now we're going to get into moving or exercise. So you might have heard that sitting is the new smoking, and I believe that is true. Human bodies are not designed to be sedentary all day. Again, follow what our ancient ancestors did. And there are serious health impacts to those that are sedentary all day. So moving, like eating, is an activity that I, again, I'm not going to tell you specifically what to do, but I can provide some basic guidelines and tell you what I do. So you should pick something that is conducive to your health, to your health goals, and is something that you enjoy and will be, be able to stick to long term. That, I think, is the most important part, finding something that you can stick to long term. In terms of what to do, I believe it's important to include some form of cardio as well as some resistance training, some weight training. But above all, really just make it sustainable. It's more important to have a decent plan that you stick to than a perfect one that only lasts a week. What I do, so I'm a competitive um, semi-professional racquetball player, so I do a lot of workouts for that. We're in the middle of the COVID situation right now, so I actually haven't been able to get on a court for it's got to be two months now, and <laughs> I'm going a little stir-crazy not being able to do that. But I'm doing workouts that support that. I'm doing footwork exercises to improve my footwork and cardio exercises to, to improve my stamina and some weight training exercises to improve my strength that all support my racquetball goals for the most part. So there you have it. Those are the fundamentals, or as my mentor Brian Johnson would say, the fundies. There's a belief that in engineering, in order to become a better engineer, what's needed is more knowledge. And while that's one aspect of the game, intentionally focusing on raising your energy by practicing great fundamentals is much more important. Even when equipped with significant knowledge, you can't be highly effective if you're constantly tired, impulsive, and grouchy. The fundamentals are simple but not easy. Implementing just a few small changes can change your life forever. Awesome. So again, there you have it. Those are the fundies. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you are getting a lot out of it. As an action step from this episode, because it's important to not only intake this information and learn it and be able to, to understand it and be able to rehearse it, what actions are you going to take out of this? This is just intaking this information only and understanding the information only will not get you anything. This information is stuff you have to take action on. You have to start doing things to improve your sleep, 
or you're eating or you're moving. So what is one thing that you want to take away and start doing? For me, I've had a big focus around sleep recently. I decided a few things, which are one, I want to do a digital sunset, so an hour before bed, no screens and as little light as possible is what I want to set myself up for success in terms of sleeping with. That's sort of the the regimen that I'm trying to follow in terms of sleeping. And I want to be in bed for nine hours. I'm experimenting with that. It's, it sounds like a lot, and it's in some ways it's a bit frustrating for me to sacrifice. <laughs> no, like now I have a, an hour. I previously was eight. Now I want to do nine hours in bed, and it's it's hard to say, okay, I'm just going to cut an hour out of my awake time. But I'm experimenting with it. I'm just I'm taking it as a two or three week experiment. Let's see how do I feel from doing this. Do I actually just get more done throughout the day? Am I more energetic? Do I feel better? Because if all those things are true, if I'm getting as much or more done, if I'm feeling better throughout my days, to me it's worth it to only have 15 awake hours instead of 16 awake hours if they're if everything's going better. So that's my own that's my action that I'm taking in terms of the fundamentals and and sleeping. What is yours? Is it going to be sleeping, eating, or moving? And what is the specific bright line action that you're going to take to improve upon that fundamental? Awesome. Hope this has been a helpful episode for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. If you're interested in more, you can go to engineersoftskills.com to check out more videos, podcasts, articles, and to download a free PDF called The Ultimate Guide to Soft Skills. This is a 25-page ebook covering the best of what I've learned on how to level up your soft skills in order to develop a career and life that you love. Thank you for listening.